Let's pray. God, help us to listen to you with open hearts and open lives and open ears. Help us to hear you this morning, that we might open ourselves to serve you and serve your kingdom. Amen. This has probably been the most difficult reflections to put together that I've ever had to do. I've rewritten it a number of times. And although I now have something written down here, I'm not quite sure, even now, that I'm going to stick to it. So we'll see. It's been hard to know where to start and hard to know where I'm going to end up and where I want to finish. There are stories of the past three years to share and to tell. And there are also future chapters to look forward to for all of us. There's so much that could be said, but so much that is too deep to easily say. We're reading through Luke at the moment. And I was glad to see that the reading set for this Sunday is the one in which Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer to his disciples. Because I think within the Lord's Prayer, there are gestures that are to do with the whole of our lives, the whole of our lives' orientation towards God. And I want to start by thinking about the line in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, give us today our daily bread, which perhaps the gesture that goes with that is of open hands. When we do the Lord's Prayer in sign language, um, which we do at the Vine and we sometimes do here, um, we end up, or we get to the middle, with our hands open to receive. Give us today our daily bread. Not a demand of God, but a recognition that so much that is good comes from a generous God. And if you look at the context of the prayer... The rest of what Jesus goes on to say is about God's generosity, about him giving towards to us. And we get that, we heard that little bit at the end, where Jesus, sort of typical Jewish fashion, says, you know, which of you fathers would give your son a stone if he asks for bread? Even though you are evil. Well, he didn't mean they were actually evil, but he was recognizing that their love is imperfect. His is perfect. His father's is perfect. God is not just perfect love, but the source of love. And if we as parents in our imperfect, I know my love as a parent is imperfect at times, so do my children. If we in our imperfection give good things to our children, how much more does God in his perfect, perfect love and as the source of love give good things to his children, to us? And ultimately the good thing that he gives is the Holy Spirit. So we read right in the very last verse, he gives his own presence, his own person. To us. So I want to start with our hands open, a gesture of receiving from a generous God. Looking back over the last three, three years, I'm very conscious of the generosity of God. I'm grateful, we're all grateful, for having been part of this community. I'm grateful for having learned the ropes of being a minister, of being a priest here and with this ministry team. God's generosity has been expressed and delivered to us through you. 
So thank you. And thank you for letting us experience and be part of the richness of the diversity that comes together here week by week. Different backgrounds, different personalities, different ways of encountering God and worshipping him. Different ways of expressing our Father, hallowed be your name. And the creativity of that difference. Thank you for being prepared to try new things to do ever more complicated actions to the songs, to learn from each other's experiences and to grow together our understanding of God and of human beings. Thank you for the fun we've had with music, the beauty and poignancy of the cello or the woodwind, the exuberance and energy as everyone comes together, unaccompanied voices in harmony, the reggae version of Give Me All In My Lamp. I will take all of that with me and may come back for some coaching and some help. Thank you for the time and gifts that so many people contribute to the life of this community, whether they're regular or one-off. Hospitality, being with the kids or the young people, thinking things through, leading us on a Sunday morning, making decisions, organising stuff, making sure everybody's okay, moving chairs. I'm going to churches with pews, so I won't have to move chairs. <laughs> Except, actually, I think we might find that we want to move the pews. There are benefits in flexibility. We shall see. <laughs> the community won't work without you and the things that you do, and the contributions that you make. And maybe that's a bit of a plug to speak to Julie or to Deirdre about the Autumn's Rotors. But thank you for the opportunity to work alongside so many of you in so many different ways. Thank you for letting me be part of your children growing up over the last three years. For the opportunity to baptise for the privilege of being part of the conversations about the sense of wonder and of responsibility and of change when a new human being comes into the world. There have been some memorable baptism moments. I remember one in the hub when several little ones standing round the table were gradually edging closer, desperate to try and float their toys on the lovely bowl of water in the middle. I just about got through what needed to be done before they got too close. Or more recently, the baby who shall remain nameless, who while standing here or being held up here at the front with his parents, chose a perfect, quiet and reflective moment to demonstrate the sound of his healthy digestion. <laughs> Thank you for the sense of wonder at the first Christingle service I led, when all the candles were lit and we turned out the lights, the collective intake of breath. Three years ago, I could never have envisaged putting together and leading a service that not only engaged 70 under-sevens, but also 70 under-sevens with candles. But that was a moment of wonder. And more recently, at the beginning of this month, those of you that were here will remember that we had a row of people at the front here, from a few months old, over there in the corner, 
right up to Sheila of 90 plus. Every age of the church represented, um, showing the community as it is all the way through, the blessing that that community is of all the ages together. That was a moment of wonder. I think I can say thank you for the experience of leading collective worship, assembly in old speak, engaging and keeping the attention of 300 plus kids from the very tiny tots sitting in front of you to the year sixes sitting with their arms folded on the benches trying to look cool and not too interested. That is still something I find daunting, particularly first thing in the morning, which is not my most energetic time of day. But the gift is in those days when you can more or less hear a pin drop and you know that you've touched a chord. And in the hello, Mrs. Myers, from the child cycling past, who I don't recognise, but I know they've seen me at school and I hope they connect me with an adult who cares and with the church and they feel that I'm part of their world. That's precious. Thank you for your support and your patience as I worked my way through a series of firsts, from the first wedding I ever took last summer to the first funeral, which was Jean Blake's in Emmanuel College. What an appropriate celebration and ending that was, walking across the grass at the head of the coffin, coming into the chapel with words from the Bible about resurrection and life echoing round the space. I was privileged to have been able to do that for her and for those who knew her. And although there's been much fun and excitement over the last three years, there have also been moments of sadness and moments of crisis and challenge. Thank you for letting me walk beside you. Thank you for entrusting me with your worries and your hopes. Thank you for tears and hugs and laughter. I found it sometimes an almost overwhelming privilege to hold the things that people have shared with me and the sharers before God in prayer. And if this is the gesture of receiving God's good gifts, this is the gesture of holding people before God in love and prayer. Something that is an enormous privilege to do. Something which we all do for each other. So it's a gift too. Being in the church has been a gift for the whole family. Thank you for looking after the boys in extreme and in young church. For having sport conversations with Ben. It's been so important for them to be growing up with friends in the church community. And then there was Ben's baptism. I don't know how many of you were there, over in the hub again. Thank you for making that possible and for supporting him in his decision. He was drenched with a bucket just outside the hub. And I remember the delighted, imp- the, the delighted impact on the faces, particularly of the kids and the young people, as they saw him get completely soaked as he took part in a publicly made and enacted choice to be part of the movement of Jesus' followers. Thank you too for friendship 
for welcoming us when we first came, for food and laughter together, for getting to know you over time, for saying hello in Morrison's, or more recently in 19 The Coffee House, where I possibly spend more time than I should. There isn't a cafe in Hardwick. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. The building of the church centre has been the backdrop to the whole three years. From the promise of half a million pounds from the government in January 2008, just a few months after we arrived, to the last of several opening events just a few days ago with the Duke of Gloucester. In between, there were hopes and dreams and prayers. Do you remember the groundbreaking service somewhere out there on a very shivery day in February? with snow on the ground. We had to use a pickaxe to actually break the ground as we prayed over it. And then watching the structure grow up gradually in 2009, the scaffolding, and then these beams going in. I came over that day to see the crane putting the beams in. I know there was a lump in my throat. And then the first moment of walking into this place when it was still full of scaffolding and the walls were only half built and we came in through a gap somewhere over there with hard hats on and jackets. Um, I was told off for wearing sandals on a building site. Never mind that. Coming in here was just, this building felt special even then. And then there was, of course, the interesting challenge of choosing together the flooring and the paint and the furnishings something that's still ongoing as we get used to this building. And how good it is to see it now used as we dreamed it would be for creativity and celebration, for prayer and for encountering God, for welcome and community. And yes, I think we do have activities that cover all of those bases. Were you at the first service we had in this building? Such a momentous day. It was completely packed in here. The sense of being part of a much bigger story. The story of God's work in Camborne and in the world. Do you remember that butterfly that fluttered over our heads as we sang? Like the Holy Spirit's presence in the building and in the community of the people here. One of my key memories is the communion service that we had on this plot in September 2008, a few months before the building started. We walked to all the different bits because we knew where the, how the plans were working out. We went to the kitchen and out into the, where the foyer would be and we stood and sang and prayed about all the different activities that were going to be happening in this space once the building was up. And then the kids helped us make a communion table from bricks and planks. We threw a white cloth over it and we celebrated communion sitting on the grass under the telegraph pole cross. Do you remember that? I guess it must have been somewhere about there. What was special to me, and this may just be personal to me, so so bear with me, was holding the bread and saying the words from communion, this is my body broken for you, the person of Jesus given for us, but also standing there with the buildings of Camborne all around us. This is my body broken for you, for Camborne, not just for us. An invitation for people to taste God's love, 
the story of Jesus embodied in God's people in this time, in this place, a message of love and an invitation. And that, I guess, is what this building is a symbol of. That's what it enables. That's what the people of Camborne Church are all about. Open hands in invitation. Come and taste and see that God is good. Our hands are open to receive God's gifts. That's where we started. But this gesture of open hands also can mean something else. It's how we make our response to God's love to us. Open hands are a gesture of offering, offering ourselves in service to God and to his kingdom. And that's where we come back to the Lord's Prayer. Because in the Lord's Prayer we pray, your will be done. That's what Jesus taught his disciples. And for the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours. This gesture says, here I am for your kingdom, for your glory. A series of circumstances of being in the right place at the right time brought me to Camborne. We didn't know anything about Camborne or Cambridgeshire when I came up to meet Peter and to take a look. When I got home that day, I can remember being completely lost for words about the sense of rightness of being here, though I didn't quite see how it could be possible. It made the people around me laugh because you know they were all asking me how it went, and I just couldn't say, I couldn't express what I was feeling about coming here. It wasn't easy, there were lots of complicated things to work through after that particular point. But we made the move and we trusted God. It was, as you say, a step of faith. Moving on, for us, for me, is also a step of faith. It feels completely different this time, trusting God in a different kind of way. And I admit that as I offer myself to God, sometimes I'm a bit tentative. It's kind of a scary thing to do. And not easy, not easy to do. It's costly sometimes to trust. So I'm still working at it. But it seems to me, looking back over the past three years and and before that, that when you open your hands to God to say, here I am, use me, send me, he fills them with blessings, even if the way isn't easy. And sometimes those blessings are a surprise. The call to offer ourselves for the kingdom of God is for all of us. It cashes out in a particular way for me. And it'll be different for you. You may know how it cashes out for you. If you don't, you'll have to work it out together. So as you do, I want to say to you, go on being a community that invites those around it to come and join in. Go on being a community that holds one another before God in prayer and love. Go on being a community that holds its hands open to receive the love of a generous God and the gifts that he gives through each other. 
go on being a community of people who offer themselves to each other and to God in service. People who nurture the kingdom amongst them and within Camborne. On Wednesday, at the Vines Leavers Service, the Year Six Leavers, sang to us, and they sang, We're pilgrims on a journey and companions on the road. We're here to help each other walk the mile and share the load. Thank you for letting us walk with you a little way on your journey as pilgrim people. Thank you for letting us walk with you as followers of the way of Jesus. Thank you for letting us build with you something of the kingdom of God. Amen.